Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Jim, happy Monday. Happy back-to-back Pirates series victories. Yeah, how about that? Uh, pretty good week last week. They uh, win a couple series, and yeah, here we are. Good stuff. Not just, not just a couple. I mean, some pretty decent teams, too. Um. Yeah, the Phillies definitely a good team. Padres should be good on paper, but unfortunately, I still consider they, them good. That's too talented yeah. of a team to look at and say, "Eh, it was just the Padres." No, that's fair. Um, it's a very talented team. Uh, for some reason, they just haven't really been able to put things together. But the Pirates took advantage of it. Pirates went five and one this year against the Padres, uh, who are a team that have what three. Basically three MVP caliber dudes in that lineup. Maybe four if you count Hasa Kim, the season he's had. Actually, yeah, um, he's like the best player right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the, but yeah, very, very good week for the Pirates. For sure. And, you know, Blake Snell's run he's been having right now, too. Just absolutely ridiculous. But yes. So anyways, right. It was a really good week for the Pirates. They took two series, which, again, is a very, very. Very, very bad team right now, but they've kind of turned around. And matter of fact, Jim, a lot of it was due to the rookies on the team. Yeah, uh, the the young guys have come up, and for the most part, they are performing really well. So it's good to see. And it just makes this team – It's the the team is better with the likes of Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez – uh, you know, Jared Triolo has been coming up with some clutch hits every now and then. I wouldn't really necessarily call Juan, uh, I wouldn't really call um, uh, Josh Palacios young at this point, but a, right. another just incredible moment that he uh, that he put together yesterday. So yeah, the, the the young guys, the the inexperienced guys are are coming through. Yeah, it was it was Palacios' birthday yesterday. And like you said, he certainly wasn't young before his birthday. He's certainly not going to be young after his birthday, right? But he is technically a rookie. And, you know, right, like what I'll say about him, too, is I don't believe in his talent. I don't believe that he is a good major league player. But what I absolutely will give him is he's been clutch this year. Like, I feel like any other moment, he's Josh Van Meter, unless it's a clutch moment. And he's like Ted Williams. Well, it's the for, well. First off, last night wasn't yesterday wasn't like a pinch hit moment, but he's also been like one of the best pinch hitters that the Pirates yeah. have had in quite some time. Um, Fangraphs, uh, here we go. Fangraphs as a pinch hitter, he's hitting four sixty two. He's got a one thousand thirty eight uh, OPS. So like 
he's getting it done. Usually you're pinch hitting in clutch moments. Like you don't bring in pinch hitters when you you don't need a hit. Right. Uh, So yeah, he's, he is six for 13 as a pinch hitter. Just getting the job done with three, three runs batted in as a pinch hitter. So yeah, yeah, really, really good stuff from him. uh, When, when it matters the rest of the time, he kind of seems, yeah, very, pedestrian like <laughs> what a what a moment yesterday that was that was a pretty cool that was a pretty cool hit uh, that he had um he, he went up there to bunt he you know he got to two and oh because the pitcher almost hit him you know he gets thrown to the ground because he almost gets hit with a pitch and then that that walk off homer it was it was exciting to watch right it was and uh what a home run trot slash dance oh. <laughs> yeah with with that's what's kind of crazy like this team you look at the record and you're like all right these guys are bad uh but just in the last month or so you've had two walk-offs and the guys are having fun because the santana walk-off from earlier uh and right. then this one some pretty incredible uh home run celebrations but, yeah good well, yeah, well done by both of them it, it was funny because i was talking with cody last night and he was like you know denardo I kind of need Josh Palacios to be good. And I was like, you know what, Cody? I get it. He's not going to be, but I get it because <laughs> he would be great to have on this team uh, and and seeing more of that type of things. But yes, probably not going to happen. But anyways, let's let's talk about some of these young bucks. Like you mentioned, you know, Andy's been playing well. Henry Davis, although he's been struggling again, like recently, he has been playing well overall. You saw that again. Holy hell, you saw that arm yesterday. I mean, we talked about it with Bryce Harper. You're seeing that arm come into play multiple times. Um, but I guess, yeah, like like also Leover Pagaro, how he's been performing lately. Um, I, I guess like, yeah, let's let's kind of talk about these young guys. There's a lot of them. You know, I was making this graphic last night and I was like, okay, let me put some of the rookies on here. You know, like of of actual note. And I'm like, all right, so I'll be like, you know, four, maybe five players. I'm like, nope, there's another one. There's another one. This team is loaded right now. I, I feel like every player that comes up is a rookie outside of like Andrew McCutcheon and G-Man Troy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one guy you didn't even mention yet, uh, Leover Piguero had a really good week of baseball. Um, Nick Gonzalez kind of seems to be falling back down to earth, but he's given you some good at bats every now and then uh, playing pretty good defense at second base. Yes. But yeah, I mean, in particular, Andy Rodriguez really making some nice adjustments at the plate. He looks really good behind the plate as well. Uh, but yeah, he is um, he's making some good adjustments to to major league pitching. He Andy Rodriguez, just some quick, quick things there. His first two games, right, he went over seven with six strikeouts. Um, yes. Did, did not look good in them whatsoever. <clears throat> Ever since then, uh, hitting 296, 367 OBP, 556 slugging. Uh, he's, he's he's just looking way more comfortable at the plate. And he's been a huge part of the Pirates' recent, I wouldn't necessarily call it success, but they've been playing better baseball lately. And Andy's been a, been a part of it. 
just simply playing better baseball is a success with this team. So I'll label it a success. <laughs> it's outside of that, it's been a disaster. Yeah. Um, but no, no, you're absolutely right. You know, we were talking about, again, to kind of talk and rehash what we did right on the post game. You know, a week ago, you brought the question, like, are we supposed to be worried about Indy? And the consensus was no. Like, he's too talented. You've seen what he does. The strikeouts are alarming, but I'm not worried. That's like part of his game. It's, it's probably just an adjustment, right? And we agreed on that. And like since then, it's exactly what he's been doing. You know, like his strikeout and walk rate after his first four games are like identical. Like he just is simply not striking out anymore. You know, he's making contact with the ball. Um, all good stuff, you know. And again, what's most impressive, I think, is because I'm not going to say expect him to be like a 50% better hitter than the league. You know what I mean? But just like you expect him to be a hitter not strike out, get your walks, right? But what is most impressive to me is what he's doing behind the plate. Again, like what is Austin Hedges? I'm seeing all this stuff. And the numbers, you know, might not support it in total, right? I'm assuming and going to stick my neck out there and say Austin Hedges is probably a better catcher defensively than Andy Rodriguez at point. But like, you, you don't see this drop off. You don't see like, holy hell, this is why Austin Hedges had to be back there. Andy's just simply not ready. Yeah, I mean, so far the you know the metrics seem to like Andy Rodriguez back there. Uh, you can see it just from, from the eye test. He's he's been he's really athletic. He does he makes some plays just purely based off of his athleticism. That play yesterday, um, I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if every catcher in Major League Baseball makes that play yesterday, and then it, and it had to had to do with Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez, and Nick Gonzalez, all three of them involved in it um and i'm talking about in the 10th inning you know davis guns at home stops harper in his tracks uh andy it was a it was it was a tough play to make for andy because it was it was a cannon but it also wasn't like a super easy hop to handle and you know it it was a few feet off the plate andy goes goes and gets it immediately whips it to second uh and then gonzalez gets gets him gets him at home so Really nice play by Endy. Yeah, defensively, uh, you know, fan graphs, defensive metrics, like him a lot. And just from a um, – just like a field general, too. Like, you can tell he's he's a leader out there. Um, he's vocal. He pumps his pitchers up. He settles them down when he needs to. He's looked really good back there, looked really comfortable. He looks like he belongs – he looks like he's a major league catcher. Yeah. Now I know this. We haven't seen him to say he looks like a major league catcher, but at the same time, you talk about leadership. They're different styles, but Henry and Endy, just the way they present themselves on the field. Again, like talking about like the intangible stuff. That's just impressive. Like neither of them look like rookies in that sense. There's no way this is like your first month, your first week, you know, playing baseball in the majors. Like they just look, we're here. They don't look overwhelmed. They, they look like they want to win, right? There's a whole different mindset than like these other young guys that have come up and it's like, you know, the lights are too big. They're just like admiring and taking in where they're at and just happy to be here. And like these guys, they're here and they want to win and they want everyone around them to be better too. There's like a the level of expectation. Um, yeah. But yeah, go back to that play. I think the most impressive part of it was like Nick Gonzalez. I mean, Andy, of course, you know, did that, but like, the, I mean, Nick takes that and just guns it right back at Andy. 
quickly as he did to get the out. But again, like three of the rookies involved in that play, it was a huge play at that point in time. Oh, that was a, that was a huge play, like big, big swing in the game. Um, and what's, I think what makes it more impressive is just, we're just so used to the pirates screwing that type of play up. Yeah. And it, it and, and it's, the, the Pirates have more often screwed plays like that up over the past few years than they've actually made them. Uh, like it was, it was a good play, like well, ex, well executed all around. But it, that's also like that's a play that that good major league teams make. Like good major league teams take advantage of the mistakes that those base runners made, and they get two outs out of that play. In the past, this Pirates team would have let up a run on that play. Like they would have. And we've seen it multiple, multiple times. Just this team do stupid boneheaded stuff in the field, not be able to execute basic rundowns, not be able to throw it to the right bag or make an, make an accurate throw or a timely throw when they need to. Um, and that play, those three guys all executed it perfectly. You know, Take a step back a little bit. I mean, you're absolutely right. That's a play that typically the Pirates just somehow screw up. But to kind of put it in perspective, most Pirate teams, if they didn't even screw it up, you score. Like, who's in right field with that candy arm? Like, whatever right fielder and, and their candy arm that you selected, right? Like, you're not getting that throw to home. Bryce Harper probably scores, and, and it's without, like, an error. It's without... A stupid bonehead what the Phillies were doing all weekend, right? A stupid Pirates play. Now, if if somehow it did get in time, then yes, whoever the catcher was thrown to second and second come back to the catcher, like that's where the error would have came up, like you're talking about. But I'm just saying, like, it started with Henry Davis's arm. And any any pirate player beforehand still makes that play. Bryce Harper probably still scores, and it was a fine play. And you're just hanging your head saying, Well. That sucks. You're looking at the pitch and you look how Bryce Harper got there and, you know, less of the, def- the, the defender and such. And like right now you're saying, holy hell, look at the defender. And that's the first time you're saying that as far as like, a, well, I shouldn't say the first time. It's been the first time since the last time we talked about this exact right fielder. But like you don't talk about that with the Pirates right fielders in like the last decade, at least, you know, we talked about. So like again, like that play all starts with Henry Davis. And that's a play, like you said, like the Pirates don't make at this point in time. Now there's talent out there that's able to make that. And then, of course, we're going with the rest of the, you know, the infield. They're talented enough to make you know, those plays as well and not screw it up like you know, normal. And again, it's the rookies that are doing it. It's not the vets that came in. The vets that come in, I mean, I guess you want to call him Connor Joe a vet per se. He's, he's older. Not so much a vet, but he's been around a little bit. You know, he's the one that's making the mistakes at first base. It's the rookies that, you know, Pagaro and Nick Gonzalez and Endy and Again, we won't talk about the defense, but the arm with Henry Davis. Like they're playing actual decent defense. Triolo. Outside of a mistake yesterday, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Triolo almost cost the team a uh, big time yesterday, but it ended up not not coming back to hurt him. Uh, but yeah. Henry Davis in right field. How I mean, how many games has he played now? Um 32. 30. 32 okay. major league games in right field in the minors. He played a total of 13. So the dudes played 
45 games ever out there after right. being a catcher his entire life. He doesn't look great out there from a fielding standpoint. Uh, he's he's not – especially when it comes to, like, balls that he has to field. Like, he's fine on fly balls, it seems like, uh, but balls where there's a hop or there's – yeah, it, it's it's you know skidding across the outfield. Um, not not great so far. Those are things that just you need repetition. Like you need to be able to just field hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of line drives that that drop in in front of you, right? To be able to just be really comfortable with that. So I think he'll get there if this team ultimately wants him playing in right field. Uh, I I I do think I do think he can still be a catcher. Like I, I, I still don't think the Pirates should give up on that. And based off of the comments that Ben Sherrington made yesterday, I think they still want him catching quite a, a little bit. We've only seen the one inning from him, but yeah, and just the to arm, touch on those comments, yeah, people didn't see or whatever. Uh, yeah, like Sherrington said, basically, like after this trade deadline, he expects Henry Davis to be catching. Yeah, so you can almost kind of read between the lines there and say. I think they're trying to move Austin Hedges. That, I'm pretty that's, sure. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what that means. Um, but yeah, our, the arm itself has has been great out there. But yeah, just the more and more we see him, I think the more the the, the more comfortable we'll see him as far as the glove goes. Right. I think the athleticism can definitely take him there. You know, not to go too much deeper into that, but the arm silly makes up. A little bit for the lack of defense, but yeah. give him a whole offseason to work on it and become a better defender, and maybe he can get there. But also at the same time, like you want him to be working on the defensive catcher too. So like that's that's where he's at. Like he's a catcher who's working hard to become a good catcher who's also saying, Hey, by the way, while you're doing that, just be a good defender in right field. Mm-hmm. You're expecting a lot from him. So like don't take it out of him for not being a good defender. Per I mean, se. he he owned Bryce Harper. This past series. Oh, yes. The like, Pirates in total actually owned Bryce Harper, which is actually kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but but like between between the um between throwing him out at second, the 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 play yesterday where he threw home and Harper, you know, pumped the brakes. Yeah. If anyone if anyone else is out there in right field, Bryce Harper goes home on that play. But Bryce Harper remembered what happened the day before when he tried he tried running on Davis and it right. didn't work that last time and then whatever happened uh yesterday also didn't work out for him so yeah uh, Davis owned Harper for sure so we've talked about Davis again Nick Gonzalez Triolo's up here which by the way again like the, the, the throw is not good but it was actually a really good defensive play like the glove was excellent he just didn't complete it that's what you're expecting from Peguero. <laughs> this whole yeah. time. Um, um, but yeah. Triolo, Rodriguez, Peguero, offensive side, the dudes that are kind of doing it. Quinn Priester, to not touch, go too deep. We we, we went kind of in depth, you know, his last start in the post game. Um, it's, it's not pretty. It's, it's kind of what you're expecting. But I think what we didn't really talk too much about is uh, Majinski. That's kind of a, a rookie who's been doing some things that hasn't really been talked too much about. Majinski, though. 
yeah, he he has looked really good. He's carved himself out a really nice role there in the bullpen. Outside Bednar, like he's the guy I trust the second most. Um, he, he's done 16 appearances so far, 17 and two-thirds innings, 204 ERA. I still would like to see probably more strikeouts out of him. Uh, but so far so good and the numbers aren't even really all that deceiving like you look at the peripherals you know his home run rate is a little higher than average his left on base percentage is below average so like there's some things like there's this isn't a mirage i guess is what I'm, is what i'm saying like this isn't you can sometimes look at a relief pitcher over 17 18 innings and say eh this you know, he's gotten lucky these 17 or 18 innings. And that hasn't been the case for Majinski. Like, he's he's pitched really well uh, mm-hmm. in his, his time up here. The stuff absolutely plays. You know, I know, you know, Tyler and I talk about it all the time on post games after he pitches. Like, the stuff's there. He's got the stuff to be a, a, good, a good reliever. And so far, the command has been has been decent uh you know his walk percentage 10 percent. so like it's 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 fine you you know you'd love to see that number get lower but it's it's fine Uh, yeah he's he's had a really nice start to his major league career and you're seeing him come in uh in more important moments really it seems like every day every day he goes out and pitches it's like a bigger moment for him that's a good that's fair for sure i think they're I think he's providing them a lot of trust right now too. Yeah, he's not just the rookie. He's again uh, with his bullpen, it doesn't take a whole lot, but he's he's proving himself, uh, and he's being awarded those opportunities right now uh, outside of King Baraki. <laughs> yeah, he's first on the depth chart, and that's it. <laughs> and it was something uh, Tyler and I talked about a little bit on I think it was uh, Saturday, but or or Friday. Um, this team hasn't really developed relievers at all. You know, yeah. the, the bullpen over the last decade or so has been com- has been compiled of waiver wire pickups and guys they traded for. Uh, they they haven't really done this and succeeded where you know they had a starter through the lower levels of the minors. Upper levels were like, okay, you know what? Your skill set is better to be a reliever. Let's like let's put you in the bullpen. You see him succeed in, in, in the higher levels, and then they bring him up, and, and you've got yourself a, a good relief pitcher. Like the Pirates haven't had one of those guys in a really, really long time. And so it's nice to see just that strategy. Like we like we talk about this kind of strategy all the time. Like we've been talking about like Kyle Nicholas is kind of another example where yeah. Like, okay, the dude started throughout his lower levels. The stuff's incredible. But then once he reaches the upper levels, he's just probably not a starting pitcher, right? But you still really like the stuff and you think he could be a contributor in some capacity. So let's make him a reliever, right? I think you look at Carmen Majinski and you take a guy like Kyle Nicholas and you're like, how can we replicate this? Because I don't know if anybody really thinks Kyle Nicholas is a major league starter at this point. But you look well, at Kyle his, I believe on the top of my head, 10 something ERA in India right now probably suggests that. Yeah. So like, just another example where, like, okay, can the Pirates replicate what they did 
with Majinski with, with a, a Kyle Nicholas type guy. Um, because it worked out perfect for Majinski so far. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the closest you have, and you can't really hang your hat on that because it's still a work, you know, in progress, but like the area de los Santos like presents that, like he could be that reliever and Colin Selby who hasn't really <laughs> done, but like those are the two that in this regime, like you're kind of looking at and saying that, that that's what they're doing with those two, but right. They've done nothing yet so far. Uh, Majinski is kind of doing it, but it's kind of funny because like he's doing it with that starter repertoire, like four pitches over 10%. You know, it's not like he's coming up and saying, here's my two or maybe three, three pitch arsenal. He's like, I'm, I'm going to all four and, and he's pitching well with all of them for the most part. So, you know, you have that aspect of it. Yeah. I, I like what I see out of Majinski as well. And it's kind of weird in saying this. It's not as if like the starting roles crowded, but you you probably look at him at the outside of like the pecking order and what you're hoping. Like if if you wanted to make him a starter, is he really going to be over Jared Jones and Quinn Priester and of course all the guys are already here, you know? Um, so like the role form of the team probably is going to be cut out to be a reliever. So I'm like happy they decided to go ahead and just do that right now instead of waiting out for this, you know, starting role and whatever. So, um, yeah, he's actually got a role cut out for him. Go start excelling at it. He's 24 years old, and uh, he could be a big part of this bullpen going forward. Yeah, you mentioned the arsenal, right? He's He's got a starting pitcher's arsenal, uh, four pitches that he uses all of them on. And, and they're pitches that, again, they're a starting pitcher's arsenal. They're They're not meant to just go in there and get, only righties out or only lefties out like his arsenal allows him to attack both sides of the plate you know right. the, the, the cutter and the change up play really well against against lefties the fastball and the sweeper play really well against righties so he um yeah he's he's doing a, a really good job with his pitch mix and i think just the more and more we see him hopefully the better that he gets because this the stuff looks good Stuff looks good so far. Yep. Cool, cool. Um, as far as I guess rookies go, anyone else you want to touch on right now? No, nah, I think we're good. I think we hit up everybody. It's a, it's a it's a young team. It's pretty interesting. Every time the lineup gets put out, essentially five through nine are all rookies. Every right. day, every day, five through nine are it's rookie, 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 rookie. And with that said, five through nine has improved. It has. Right. It really has. Um, yeah, like at any rate, you know, not to drag this out, but it's like I don't think Jack Swinsky at leadoff makes sense, but at least there could be a guy on base when he does for the second or third time, you know, because yeah. it's not eight and nine black holes that are just making out, and then you have Jack Swinsky up with nobody on as your leadoff guy. So, anyways, at any rate, yeah, five through nine. Having some competency now in this lineup. I mean, this lineup is like if you squint hard enough, it's it's okay. There'll be some yeah, lumps, yeah. right? The rookies, but like you don't look anywhere and say, "Oh, well." Again, you know, like a lot of this season and most of the years, five through nine were just black holes. You had to do something with guys to one through three or four, and then if you didn't, you just had to wait till the next time they were up. 
yeah, it's been uh, it, like you mentioned, it's just added kind of more length to the lineup. Um, you're not automatically thinking five through nine are are outs, like we saw a few times earlier in the year and and a lot of times last year. Right. So with that said, do we want to go into the Tiger series? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Two game series against the Tigers, huh? Yeah, it's a two game, of course. <laughs> it's the only way the Pirates can play the Tigers. Two games at yeah, a time. Yeah, it, it kind of sucks because like everybody, everybody in the majors gets one of these. Like it's not like the Pirates are the only team that has this. Everybody has like a a four game cross league rival, rival in quotation marks. Um. And it's two games at home, two games on the road. It just sucks because, like, you would probably, like, as as Pittsburghers, you'd probably, like, prefer that team to be Cleveland. Like, that would be probably your your main your main, uh, main rival there. But, yeah, you're stuck with Detroit just because, you know, they, they kind of want to keep Cleveland and Cincinnati together for the whole Ohio thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, just Detroit just ends up being – like the other team with nobody to play. So they play the pirates. Uh, It, it sucks. It does. It is although ironic and funny, like how many ties the pirates and tigers have. I mean, talk about previous management players regardless. Um, Yeah. So the tigers two game series, it starts tomorrow on Tuesday and uh, two bad teams. It's gonna be an evenly matched game. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like neither team is good. But yeah, like uh, you look at their their pitching. Like when you go down and look at the teams, like the hitting, the pitching, they're very evenly matched. Little little different ways, and of course now a little bit different. You know, over the past few weeks, right? The Pirates have had a lot of new faces, but in general, the teams they're pretty evenly matched everywhere. They are. They're 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 evenly matched teams. They're constructed different ways, right? Um, the the Pirates are a lot, you know, have a lot more inexperience in their lineup. Uh, the Tigers are probably going to be looking a little bit different because this the Eduardo Rodriguez is set to start on Wednesday, and I would be surprised if Eduardo Rodriguez the Tiger on Wednesday. Yeah, that, so that we could works see... in the Pirates' favor because yeah, he's. The dog. Actually, they they faced him earlier this year too, didn't they? They faced him earlier this they, year. And up. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was when he was on like a like he he started this season really well, and right. uh, yeah, on May seventeenth, faced Eduardo Rodriguez five innings and he gave up four runs. So, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a good start for him there, but he's definitely a main candidate to be traded at this deadline. He's got a contract that's pretty – actually, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's locked up kind of long-term. He can opt out after this year, so you would imagine that that's what he's going to do based off of the season that he's having because he's making like $15 million a year right now, and he can probably get more and a longer-term deal perhaps on the open market. So my guess is he's, he's an opt-out candidate, so the Tigers are going to look to get something out of him. So right. I would I would be surprised if we face Eduardo Rodriguez on Wednesday. Yeah, that's that's actually a good point. I didn't even think about that, but 
you know, he is lined up to start. Good chance he won't be. Uh, and then, therefore, who will be? Who knows? Probably won't be that good, uh, which is good for the Pirates. Um, yeah, I mean, he's their he's their best pitcher. So if they don't, they don't have to face him, that'd be good. We'll say out, yeah, outside of like right now, Lorenzen's pitching very well. Yes. Yep. Also a trade candidate. <laughs> but yeah, both of those guys, up. I think, I think both of those guys will be gone. So we could be looking at a completely. So it's interesting because the Tigers, you're looking to probably trade those two guys. And if they do it on Monday, you could probably have, if they trade for any major leaguers or something like that, have them by Wednesday's game. But if they get traded on Tuesday, you know, you may have like a shorthanded Tigers team on that Wednesday game where they maybe don't have everybody that they, that they thought they would have. So it, it, it line, this series lines up good for the Pirates. Uh, Matt Manning had a really good start last time out, I want to say. Um, yeah. No, not last time out. Time before. Last time out, I got rocked by the Angels. Um, so, yeah, not 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 great. So, he's been inconsistent. Um, he starts However, tomorrow. though, overall, solid enough. Mid-four yeah. ERA. Over the past month, a 4.44 ERA. He's, he's been... Good enough to beat the Pirates in most yeah. days. Yeah. But the, the lineup is kind of a mess. Um, Spencer Torkelson is kind of starting to turn the corner a little bit. Right. Um, and look like that first overall pick that the Tigers were hoping he would be. Uh, Riley Green's having an outstanding uh, season. He's far and away their best player. But, yeah, the rest of this lineup, it's just – it's very pedestrian, this Tigers. Very lineup. much so. Yeah, I was gonna say, like Riley Green, and especially over this past month. This past month, he's batting 349, 406, 540 with a 165 way to runs created plus. That's the dude. But like you said, outside of him, I mean it's okay. Like, like, okay. Torkelson, 116 way to runs created plus. Like he's kind of turning it around, like you said. Um Mc, Miggy's hitting a little bit better. But no power or nothing really, especially. So it's it's like it, it's it's fine, it's fine. You would expect and hope that the Pirates could muster something up and and beat this team, especially their you know their their guys. So like Oviedo is going to be pitching the first game, right? So you have a Manning Oviedo, and we know Oviedo looks very inconsistent. So that's part of the problem. Is this seven earn run Oviedo or is this? zero earn run Oviedo. We'll find out. But like against his lineup, it certainly could be zero run Oviedo that you're seeing, right? So like right. you're kind of hoping to see that from Oviedo. Maybe they could take game one. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, it was Rodriguez, but if he's traded, maybe that makes the Pirates hand a little bit better, right? We don't know who's going to be pitching and the Pirates can go out there and win that game as well, potentially. Um, where the hell do I think this go? Who's the game two starter for the Pirates? Yeah. Um, it is. Oh, here we go. It Beto. is Beto. Yeah. So actually, that's another one. Beto, like, I, I don't know from him. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, the whole, get... uh, the opener. The opener thing worked for Vito last time out. So they had Barucki start that game 
I think Brucky went an inning and a third, inning and two thirds, something like I that. I think so. And then Vito came in and pitched three scoreless innings, got them into the fifth, and, and that that worked out nicely for them. Um, yeah, so I, I, that again? I wonder. I wonder if they'll do that again. I wonder if they'll do that again because it worked out pretty well. Uh, and you've seen that Vito clearly doesn't have the length that you would want out of a starter. And, and that's when you use an opener, right? You want to use an opener to get that starter to the sixth inning when he normally, you know, wouldn't be able to get there if he started in the first. Uh, you want to you want to get him so that he's, you know, facing that front of the lineup for the first time in the in the third inning, as opposed to facing them a second time in the third inning. So it it was a good strategy that paid off last time out. I would be surprised if they didn't try it again. Like I, I bet they try it again. Because it worked. Stick with what yeah, worked. I think it worked. We have a comment. Someone says they're dying to see what's on the front of your hats. <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. There it is. It's a pirate. You're like this the rest of the time now? Uh, I don't like wearing the flat bills, the, the flat bill stuff forward. So, gotcha. So, anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it's, it's a very evenly matched team but yeah this deadline makes a little bit of difference and i think the Pirates could easily take two especially right now the way they're playing the offense is coming alive these young guys if they play as well they did they're playing much better than the young guys for the most part on the tigers the ones that are there so um yeah would be nice to get some more wins and still be above the cardinals I'm on mute. Uh, this, oh, this is, I thought this I lost. I was like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go no, again. Is, I have no audio. This is absolutely a series that the Pirates could sweep. Uh, I mean, it's only two games, but you would love to see them take advantage of this Tigers lineup. Again, with Eduardo Rodriguez likely not starting on Wednesday, you're going to be facing either a call-up or it's going to be a bullpen game for the Tigers. So, yeah, that would this would be a good series to pick up a couple of wins. Um, and... and, and no, I'm not even going to go into the whole this is a measuring stick series because the Tigers suck. You just want to be you want to be better than Tigers, like plain and simple. So, like, be better than the Tigers, guys. Come on. What I did want to say, not to go too deep into this part, but, you know, the trade deadline's coming. Expectations thrown out the window. A lot of the young guys are here now. I think these last two months are semi-important in the win-loss column. All right. Now, granted, Ben Charrington might think differently and say, here's potentially another number one overall pick incoming that I can get my hands on. But when a lot of this core is now here, I want to start seeing some wins. That makes sense. I don't want this loser yeah. mentality and culture continuing. Like, I don't want them coming up here and then, even though it's just two months, it's two months of misery. Everyone's just defeated. Like, I want them to come up here and enjoying their experience, learning but also learning how to win much like yep. yesterday against the Phillies with those plays like that winning is, is now coming to be much more important than it was last year. Absolutely. Um, winning is always important. In my opinion, uh, you should never strive to lose in a competitive sport, but that's a whole other conversation for another day, but no, you're, you're absolutely We've had right. it <laughs> many a days, but yes, you're absolutely right. Like the this, the the core is here now. 
Like there's no one left at the upper levels, especially on the offensive side, who's going to be a meaningful contributor to this team. There's nobody. Not in not in triple A. Absolutely not. And 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 probably not really in double A either. Uh, so so like this core group of guys that you've got, they need to win. Like they they gotta win. They gotta learn how to do that at the major league level. Uh, I think one thing that's kind of neat about this crew of, of rookies is, you know, they've, they've played with each other for a while now. They have, you know, they, they should, they should have each other's backs. They should want to be picking each other up. Like they, they should have good relationships in the clubhouse. Um, and, And when you have all that stuff, it hopefully means, you know, a better on field product because they're just, they're playing for each other. Right. And, 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 you know, from like an, if you're like an analytical guy, sometimes you're like, yeah, well, that stuff's not real, but like, it is like you, you're still a team and these are still human beings and you want to be able to, to, to not be the guy who, who fails your teammates that you've been playing playing with for for years now. Right. Yeah. Like that's hold themselves accountable, hold themselves accountable to themselves. Um, and, and, that's I think the, the interesting part about all these rookies coming up at one point at one time, you know, you, they, they've won together in the minors uh, and you hope now that they take that mentality and that experience from, you know, winning real games to, to the major league level. Um, yeah. So absolutely. These last two months, you want to see some wins. For Even sure. if they just if they just play like they have the last two weeks or so, which is essentially five hundred ball. Like if they play if they play five hundred ball from here on out, I think I think you can kind of look at this team and say, okay, you know what, this season the season wasn't a complete failure. Uh, I think every one of us predicted somewhere in like the low seventies win total with these guys, right? And if you do that, like beyond the end goal isn't to be a 72 or 73 win team right it's not the goal uh but if they can win 73 74 games this season that's a 10 game improvement you know 10 plus game improvement from last year and that's what you want to see you want to see improvement um and that's that's what we need to be looking for these last two months is this team did this team take a step forward from 2022? And in order to do that, they have to they have to win some games these next two months. I agree. I absolutely agree. So again, that's why I want to throw it out there. I do believe there's there needs to be some emphasis. You know, I know the trade deadline's coming. Santana's already gone. You're probably looking at Rich Hill to be gone. Austin Hedges. Outside of that, we'll find out if any more. But the team still needs to win. Like it doesn't have. To, and shouldn't and can't be this complete drop off. Now the deadlines passed like last year, right? You just see this drop off in talent and and performance. And now there's you know running and losing some more games than they even were. I want to see them win more games than they have been. So like you said, if they can play close to 500 ball and get close to that 70 win mark, I'm feeling a lot better because it was also done with the future, right? And not the guys that came in and such. Still want to see, you know, Brian Reynolds perform better. I still want to see Hayes get back on the field and perform better. Like, you still want to see those guys. But 
you know, with this young core coming up and then playing better, that makes you feel a little bit better about 2024. And it's good for them to go into 2024 with that, you know, experience and mentality. Like, hey, we can win some ball games. Let's do something. So, yeah, you, you flashed this comment up earlier, but I do want to talk about it. So, yeah, let's say the Pirates, the Pirates go 500 the rest of the way out. They, they end up with 75 wins, which is on really on the high end of what people were expecting this team to do. Now, I'm not going to call that a success. 75 wins shouldn't be a success by any means, uh, but it is a step in the right direction. Uh, and that's that's what we want to see. So I think that's like right now, if they can get to 75 wins, you're not happy with that by any means. But if you take like and look real, at the context, it's real. It's it's something real that you can look at and say, okay, this team this team got better. Yeah. No, I mean, if you think about it, it's not that you're happy about the 75 wins, right? I'm not jumping up and down and saying, 75 wins, we've done it. I'm a Pirates fan. I think it's what the 75 wins represents, especially knowing where you're at, that you got there and you got there with the young guys, and it makes you feel a little bit better with that core. Because if they're still playing at this level and they're closer to 60 wins <laughs> at the end of the year, you're much more nervous about 2024. That's oh, yeah. that's that's the difference, and that's why I say it's not that you're satisfied with 75 wins, but you're feeling a lot better with those 75 wins, knowing how you got there for the future. That's why it matters. Yeah, it's a lot easier to go into 2024 and say, okay, we won 75 games last year. How do we get 10 games better? Right? It's a lot easier to do that than to go into 2024 with 60 wins and saying, okay, how do I get 25 wins better? That's, yeah. that is a lot more difficult to do. And Cohen is not your owner. <laughs> so right. you know how it's not coming. Yeah. Anyways. All right. So that guess wraps up our tiger series and talk. Um, do we want to touch on some prospects? Maybe real quick. We're already at the 45 minute mark. Yeah. Let's hit on one prospect each. Let's pick one. Just pick one prospect? Okay. Each person pick one prospect. You go first. Your idea. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Bubba Chandler. It's a good one to pick. Uh, we haven't talked a lot about him just because he hasn't really been great. Um, you're starting to see him, though, really turn things on. Uh, his last, let's go to his last three. I want to go to his last three starts. Um, and again, not a huge sample size, but he's a, he's someone who you've got to be patient with. He's 20 years old. He, he really has only been a full-time pitcher now for three, April, May, June, so four months. He's been a full-time pitcher ever in his life. Uh, so it's just you got to be patient. You got to kind of look at and say, okay, what uh, you got to let this guy develop, right? But his last three starts, he's now three and zero, oh, fifteen and two thirds innings, zero point five seven ERA, one run given up in those fifteen and two thirds innings. He struck out eighteen and walked just four, only six hits against him too. He's really been been untouchable this last uh, these these last two weeks or so. So. 
really good stuff from Bubba Chandler. I still don't uh, – you, you want to see him finish the year like this. You want to see kind of how he finishes Greensboro. If he can make it to double-A by age 21, kind of doing what he's been doing where – you know, those first couple of years, he was pulling double duty as a hitter and a pitcher. That's that's a success story in itself from a player development standpoint. Uh, so far, you got to like what you're seeing from him um, these these last few starts. Big thing for me last the last time out, no walks. Um, like he's he's just looked a lot better, and the stuff is still very very electric uh, for for a 20 year old his age. Striking out a ton of batters. Really like, really like what you're starting to see from, from Bubba Chandler. Yeah. You know, we talked, it's probably going to be a slow development. I don't know if things are clicking. Maybe they are, but that's what's going to be huge because, again, we talk about talent. He's got the talent. If things are clicking and he can become a good pitcher, man, he can be an X factor. And that's why you take him where you take him. And I'm not saying there's any correlation, but I mean, Keith Law had him on his top 100 prospect list. <laughs> and I think we all joke and laugh like, what the hell is Keith Law smoking? Which you say a lot of times with Keith Law put down his list. But but that's why he did. Like, the talent is there. So, you know, again, if it's starting to click right now and he can start progressing through the minors at a normal rate, that would be pretty big. The guy yeah, I mean, he, I'm... Oh, yeah, I mean, real, real quick, just to, to kind of go over that. He was... He was the number 21 draft prospect in that 2021 class. So, like, you're talking about a dude that scouts have loved. Um, and, yeah, like, so he's going to take some time to develop. But hopefully you're starting to see him kind of turn a, a turn a corner here. Sure. All right. So, I'm going to pick just one guy because we haven't talked about him at all this year. So, the first time we're talking about him. And just because you trashed him. <laughs> in the 2023 draft. I'm going with Mitch Jeb. <laughs> now listen, everything we said about that pick, and we even talked about it in more like later, right? With the draft recap on this Starbucks is warranted, right? I mean, there's that that swing. I mean, I don't know. I still am like, what the hell is this? Right. But regardless, he's here, he's playing now. So we're starting to see some of the fruits of the labor right from the draft, right? They're in the leagues now performing uh, and playing Mitch Jeb being one of them. So he has three games under his belt, just 15 plate appearances. However, in those 15 plate appearances, Jim, not one strikeout batting 571. He's, he's in Bradenton. Um, I just want to say something real quick. Okay. And I'm not saying he's going to be this guy, right? But just something of interest, and like it's just killing me. So I just want to say this because we saw it with Zach Neto. He's in the majors already this year. The Angels are doing something again, really, really unheard of. But the guy they just drafted this year in Nolan Shenuel is in his third level <laughs> of the minors this season in like yeah. his seventh game. <clears throat> Uh, he's in double A already. Now, I'm not here to say Mitch Jeb can do that, but he is a college arm, a college bat, 21 years old. Um, Brilliant doesn't look like a match for him so far in these three games. No. Um, you can clearly tell he's got bat to ball skills, right? Um, 
I don't. It's really an easy know. swing path. It's just the the, the yeah. bat's already down here. It just yeah. goes out. <laughs> the bat to ball skills are definitely there. It's been three games, right? So you got to. <laughs> he's hitting five seventy one in three games. Uh, but yeah, Mitch Jeb so far doing everything he can to get my uh, you know the the night of the draft. I, I think I said you know the guy the guy can't hit. So he's doing everything he can to prove me wrong on that one. Uh, I hope he does. I, I'm still quite skeptical. Again, this is low A, but he's doing. We we talk about when you talk, when we talk about small sample sizes. Typically, what we say is you can't really look at these numbers and come to any conclusions. But if you're dealing with a small sample size, it's better to have a good small sample size than a bad. Right, right, right. Um, and so far, Miss Sheb has put together a really good small sample size. I really just wanted to go out this route because I like when you get owned. I like when you have to eat your words. And if only get three games to do it in, I'm going to take advantage of it because it could be a week from now and it's now nine games and it's not good. And I've lost that opportunity. So I'm going to capitalize on it in these three games. But I, I just say it because, again, it's, it's a new guy. We've talked a lot about some of the prospects. A lot of the prospects we talk about are in the majors now. You know, So like who's left? Tomorrow, by the way, outstanding. I mean, this power he's generating right now, coming out of nowhere. Tomorrow's having an excellent season. Um, some of the guys have been promoted, have had like a little bit of their struggles in the new level. So again, Mitch Jeb, he was just drafted. Uh, I mean, it was a high pick under slot, but a high pick. Uh, mm -hmm. So I guess you know something to talk about. Keep your eye on. See how he develops. Nothing would make me happier than 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 my um, bashing of Mitch Jeb tweet, you know, being on like old takes exposed one day. Correct. And it would like if it makes you happy, then it makes me happy just a little bit more. There you go. A lot more, <laughs> and all of Twitter or X more. X, however you want to do. Yeah, if it's still around at that point, X is gonna give it to you. When he run old takes <clears throat> old takes exposed. But anyway, yeah. So there we go. Anything else you want to talk about? Wrap up with? Let's get out of here. No, let's uh let's wrap it up. All right. So again, thank you all for watching. There is no game today, obviously. So we'll be back tomorrow uh with a post game. And with that said, bye-bye. See you all. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.